this is Prophecy Now. I'm Liberty, your host from Spirit Move Ministry. Let's just jump in and talk about times and seasons, prophecy, everything that God's doing right now, and what we need to be preparing for. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, it is Liberty here from Spirit Move Ministries. It is awesome to be on with you. Um, Hello to all the Prophecy Now listeners. Sorry guys, I don't mean to forget you and leave you out. Um, It's amazing to be with you here on the Prophecy Now podcast. Also, um, wherever you're watching or listening, uh, I'm excited to be with you today. Man, I'm going to be telling a story that I've never told publicly. Um, I did tell it publicly to 700 Club when they interviewed me and featured my life story. But, you know, they can only squeeze so much in between commercials. So my story was between, was a 15-minute segment and it had to fit between commercials. And um, so there was so much footage, hours of footage, but they could only use like 10 minutes of it. And so um, some of this did not end up in my story. But um, the Lord gave me a dream and he said, um, basically, it's time you're going to talk about this. And so he gave me the dream a while ago. Um, Before I get into that, you guys, um, we're going to see you in Michigan the end of the month, the last Saturday and Sunday in Michigan, Cedar Rock Sportsplex. We want to see you there. Florida people, I will see you at the Preparing for the Florida Glory Storm next weekend. That is the 17th, 18th, 19th, over that weekend. Um, then we will be in Oklahoma for our, the giant Easter revival. And we have several joining us there. Um, we are so excited. Um, we will be there. Uh, Corey Russell, um, Rise Up One Voice United Ministry, um, uh, Pastor Stephen Strader. He's basically Apostle P- Stephen Strader. Um And I I believe we might have another one or two that we're working on uh, getting, helping her, the person that is putting on the revival. They are building a brand new revival center that's just going to be for God's people to use to do revivals outside of Tulsa, Oklahoma. And so we are, I'm preaching the opening night and I will be releasing an impartation that the Lord has called me to release that Friday night, the opening night, April 15th. Um, I will be opening and I will be closing the revival. She has asked me to do that. <clears throat> I'm beyond honored um, and excited. Corey Russell is Saturday night. Sunday is Rise Up One Voice United plus um, Pastor Stephen Strader or Apostle Stephen Strader will be speaking, I believe, Sunday night. Um, I will be closing it on Tuesday night. I know it's a long thing, you guys, but we're going to rock it for all those days uh, because God has a lot to say this resurrection celebration time that we're coming into. So we hope to see you in Oklahoma. Um, I will tell you more about what I'm doing once it gets closer. Also, we're coming back to North Carolina the Lord said this is the next location for the for our next Nehemiah prayer summit, which is all about repairing the walls, everything that's been torn down, and bringing America back into covenant with God. It is powerful. We will be there for two days, um, the 20th, 21st, over that weekend of May. 
Um, I know there's a lot going on with graduations and all that, but we hope you will show up to pray. We will be doing um, over that weekend a Friday night and a Saturday service, two services, because it's about eight hours worth of prayer. And we're going to rock it for Jesus. And there's a lot of warfare, you guys. We're going to have an amazing time. It's going to be beautiful. We want to see you in North Carolina. We have not found a location. We will let you know. Okay. There's so much more I could tell you, you guys. But I'm going to move on because uh, I know you want to hear this word. Okay. This is actually a prophetic dream that the Lord gave me February 11th, 2022. So I'm looking on my tablet as I look at, um, I have my Bible here also because I'm going to take you through a couple of things because we're about to get legit in the glory um, of the end times that we're in. And this was not an end times dream, but it was. So you can call this an end times prophecy or an end times revelation or truth, um, it's going to totally blow your mind. And um, are you guys ready to have your mind blown? It might spaz you out a little bit too. Um, uh, we'll just see uh, if it spazzes you out and um, hang tight with me guys. I got to work with my tablet and internet here. Okay. Um, but I have music very low on the background. We'll see if I don't get deemed for it and they don't remove my video. I don't know if you can hear it. I can hear it just loud enough. Okay. Um, cause I like to have a little atmosphere. Okay. So, um, sorry guys. Okay. Here we go. Um, I'm just opening one of the verses and getting it ready. Amen. I'm excited. And you know why I'm excited, you guys? Don't complain. I'm getting to it. Um, and those of you that just want me to get on YouTube, I'm just going to be real with you right now and give you a nine-minute word because you ain't got time to sit for 20 or 25 minutes and listen to the word. You need deliverance. Did I just say that? Yep, I just said that. Um, you need deliverance because we're coming into a time and a season. I'm just going to throw this out there. This is word number two for you. Um, where a one-hour church service and a 25-minute message does not produce true disciples of Christ. That doesn't produce a true disciple of Christ. The disciples gave 24-7, seven days a week of their life to Christ. So if you can't be on and, and, and receive some amazing prophecy, word, or dream that God is doing, and, and if you can't listen longer than nine minutes, then you need delivered from that. That's a demonic problem, okay? Um, sorry, I'm not sorry, you guys. You guys already know I'm not sorry, okay? Um, this is the season that we are coming into. Um, okay, so... As I said, I was on the 700 Club. They featured my life story. And uh, there's a whole lot of story that led up to the day of my salvation when I was delivered from the demons and they were screaming and leaving and I was being muzzled and held down. And you guys, some of you will know, already know my story. If not, surf through my videos. It'll be a really old one. Well, not an old one, but you know, 
like three years ago, two years ago, um, you'll see the video of my story on 700 Club. Go back and watch my testimony. So, but here's a part to it that they couldn't put in it. And so, God gave me a dream February 11. So, 11-22, Remind. Think of these things as I go, okay? Um, one, one, two, two. In the middle of the night, he woke me with a dream. And this is what he said to me. He said, the man of glass is preparing to return. Tell my people and warn them. The man of glass is preparing to return. And it's a part of the, the end times things that are happening. Warn my people. So you're probably thinking, wow, that was like on February 11th and you haven't told us yet. Here's the thing. He didn't tell me to. It's only been over the last week that he has been speaking to me about, he just keeps telling me, the man of glass is preparing to return. You need to release this word. And I said, okay, God, I, sorry, I'm pouring my sparkling water. Um, I will release this word, but I need more insight because I know what it means to me, but I need to know more of what you're trying to tell me. So before I get into what it means, let me tell you what it means to me and why God knew that I would know and it would be important. If you had the dream, it might mean nothing. You'll be like, wow, that's really weird. The man of glass. Who's the man of glass? Like, I've never heard of that. That's like nuts. That had to have been a pizza dream. Okay. Let me tell you my story. So, part of my salvation story, this was about eight months before my salvation. Now, the part you're going to see on 700 Club, they talk about when I saw the black demons on the walls, crawling on the walls and coming towards me. Okay, so let me give you a quick tidbit so you understand what's going on before I tell you about the man of glass and who he is in my life. Okay, so I was beginning to seek out spiritual things, kind of like noticing God, if you could call it that. In TV shows, in commercials, I started like, you know, I was like 17. I started noticing some things and I knew I didn't want the life that I had. I was turning into my mother who was an alcoholic and a drug addict living this crazy party life, and I had already had years of it since I was like 12. And so, um, you know, I knew I didn't want that, but I didn't know what the heck to do. I wasn't brought up in, in any kind of religion or any kind of Christianity necessarily, anything like that. And so, um, because I had nothing to base it on, <clears throat> all mine is legit, 100% the real deal, because I was not raised in it. I did not get raised as a Christian and then walk away for five years and then come back and I was a prodigal. Nope. Never knew anything about, was not raised in it whatsoever. So fast forward, I'm 17 and I'm just beginning to notice things. And I'm like, huh, I noticed God in that commercial. Hmm. I noticed this. I know. I start noticing things. Well, the enemy didn't like that. And so I didn't know then that I already had the gift of discernment. And the prophetic and prophetic dreams, I didn't know what they meant, though. I thought I was Lulu because, you know, we were drinking, doing drugs, whatever. I was just Lulu. And so as the time went on, the enemy became very irritated that I was, you know, seeing the light. 
And so there, I started having manifestations. And I'm going to get through this quickly. If you've already seen my 700 Club story, sorry, guys. You're going to have to hear some of this, okay? Because it leads to the man of glass. And so I begin to have manifestations. Not being able to sleep. Being up all night, repeating the same thing over and over about my soul and, and the, the, uh, the Lord being my, my strength, my soul, my whatever. It was like the Lord was trying to get through to me um, and I wasn't sleeping. And uh, during this time as we were coming into this, people want to say, well, you, she was just jacked up, jacked up on meth. I was sober as all could be when I got saved, you guys. I was sober. I was not doped up. I was not on meth when I got saved. This is the eight months leading up to the salvation day, which is where the man of glass came into my life. And so um, I never knew anything about him, but he showed up. And so I'm in my apartment. Um, and uh, at the time, my boyfriend was at work. Yes, I was living with my boyfriend. I was 17. I didn't know any better. I was just doing what we do, you know. And um, I get up and I go around in go to go in the living room of my apartment and I see all these dark demons begin to crawl and they were becoming more and they were coming towards me. Well, prior to this incident, because I was having manifestations, then I started breaking out in sores all over my body and I didn't know what was going on. I'm like, why am I getting sores on my body? Like little, little sores, uh, you know, I was just like, what's going on? So uh, my husband now, but at the time, my boyfriend went to his parents because they were Christians and they were Pentecostal, spirit filled, all that. And uh, basically, we were like, what's going on? You know, he said maybe they might know. We, we didn't know. And he was raised in church, but it was very legalistic. So he like, you know, whatever. And so it was very, you know, not like it should be. And so um, we didn't have any idea, but we the Lord led us to ask his parents. And his parents said, you need to talk to our pastor. He'll probably be able to help you. So we had a meeting with the pastor and the pastor straight up told me it's demonic. You have to fight it. You have to rebuke it in the name of Jesus Christ. You have to take authority over it. You got to understand, I knew nothing. I don't even know what rebuke means. I don't even know if Jesus is real. I was not raised in it. I had no idea about nothing, you guys. So I'm like, it can't be that simple because it was like bad, you guys. And, and I didn't even know what to think. I was like, well, this is my answer. Rebuke in the name of Jesus Christ. I was like, okay. So I left and I was like, this is getting me nowhere. I don't even know what that means. And what am I supposed to do? Anyway, so fast forward, I come out, the demons are coming at me. This was a, a probably two months after my co this conversation with this pastor. The demons are coming at me, and um, and I saw them, and I ran back in my room. I didn't know nothing. I ran back in my room, and I was like, did I just see what I thought I saw? Dark figures on the walls coming towards me, and I was sober, you guys. I was not on meth, and I was like, something is wrong here, and I was like, I have to go through the demons to get out the door of my apartment and get the heck out of here. So I was sitting there trying to figure out what I was going to do. So then I come back out and um, I see the demons coming up like hundreds of them crawling the walls coming towards me. They look like dark ghostly kind of figures, but demons. 
And so they're coming at me. And, it, and then I ran back in my room and I was like, I'm not gonna be able to get out of here. Like, they're coming at me. And I didn't know what they were gonna do. I had no clue about nothing. And so I go back in the room and I hide. And so then I come back out and I'm like, I'm gonna have to try. I don't even know what else to do. And so I, I went to go try to run out the door. I couldn't get there. I, the demons like just began to cover the walls and when they were coming at me, I fell on the floor and I didn't know what else to do. So I just did what the pastor had said. And I just said to the demons, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Boom. As soon as I said that, boom, they all disappeared. They were gone. And I was just like, I had no idea what was going on. I was like, man, that worked. They're gone. I'm going to get out of this apartment and out the door before they come back. And so I jumped up. I got out, went out the door. And I was outside the apartment standing in, it was like a carport where we could park our car right outside the door of the apartment. And so I'm standing under the apartment uh, thing and I'm like, okay. I look back and I don't see them coming through the door, coming outside. So evidently it was just an inside of the house thing at that moment. So then I'm standing there and I was like, oh. I got through this. I didn't, I think, the, I wouldn't have thought I would have said amen, you guys, because I didn't know how to do amen back then. I was just like, I rebuked him in the name of Jesus and it worked. I, I had no idea what that even meant at the moment. I just knew I was free and I was out of that apartment. Well, as I'm walking up the carport, and this is the part that was not in my 700 Club story because they couldn't fit it all in. I'm walking up the carport. I'm getting up near the street. And as my back is turned to my apartment door and I'm, I'm headed towards the street, all of a sudden, I feel all the hair on the back of my neck stand up. And I knew, I was like, something's wrong. Like, this is not good. And I felt the hair on the back of my neck stand up. Woo, I can feel the glory, you guys. I'm already sweating, getting all sweaty. So then I turned very afraid. I'm not going to lie, because I knew nothing. I turned very afraid, and I looked back, and I saw... I'm not joking. A nine or ten foot man made of glass. Clear glass. He had no insides. He was a giant demon in the shape of glass. But he looked like a huge nine foot man, all muscular. And he sat there and he looked at me. Well, I he looked at me like, I ain't done with you. You ain't just walking away from this chick I own you that's the look he had on his face but it was all glass glass eye everything was glass and it was see-through but I could see his shape and so I turned to run and then I, I looked back in my peripheral vision and the man of glass began to run towards me faster and faster he was taking slow steps almost like like slow steps like you ain't gonna get out of here I own you you ain't just walking away from this. And so he starts walking towards me and I will start running faster. Well, then he begins to run and I feel extremely panicked. But you have to understand about my life up until that point, I had been homeless. I had been on the street, uh, whatever. I am more of a fight, not flight. That can be a problem sometimes. Yeah. But I'm a fight, not flight. 
because I had to figure out how to be tough to make it through all my terrible childhood. So um, for a moment, the real me, like the liberty that doesn't run from a good fight, I was like, I don't have to do this. And so he was running at me and then I turned and I said, I was like, I'm done, dude. I turned and I looked right at him and I pointed my finger at him and I said, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth and I command you to go. Poof, the man of glass disappeared. And I just sat there. I felt like I was just going to cry and crumble. And I just wanted to fall on my face and be like, what the heck? And, you know, not no clue about demons, Jesus, Holy Spirit. You guys, I didn't know nothing except for rebuking the name of Jesus Christ. All I knew was it was working. So I left from there. And that is my story of the man of glass. How I know who the man of glass is. Well, at that time, I didn't know anything what it stood for. What it stood for, who he was, what demon he was, I knew nothing. I just knew he was nine foot tall, nine or ten foot tall, and he was, he was, took the form of glass. And so I was just like, okay, I'm out of here. And after that was when it started like my six month process before I received Christ. And I just began to get, to acknowledge God, get closer to God. I started reading the Bible. I had no clue about anything. Um, I started reading the Bible. I started just choosing to pray at night because I kept thinking, okay, I don't know nothing and I'm rebellious and I grew up in a lot of abuse and alcoholism and all that. I don't know nothing, but I know this. There's power in the name of Jesus. That's what I knew. So I said, I need to start having a conversation with this Jesus. And then six months later, you guys know my story, led to my deliverance and my salvation. I'm not going to go into all that. So, fast forward. Now we're here. February 11th. God gives me the dream and says, the man of glass is preparing to return. Warn my people. And I, I, I'll be real with you guys. I didn't know who he was. I know what he looks like. I didn't know what demon he was or what demons are attached to him or what's all a part of his stronghold. I didn't know nothing. And I said, okay, God, you're going to have to give me some insight on this because I'm not just going to jump on without knowing the fullness of what you're saying about the man of glass and who is the man of glass. And so that was, I, I, he's been telling me for a week, you need to get on and release this word. It's time for the warning about the man of glass. And I said, okay, God, I need more insight. I need, I need a biblical basis. I need something because uh, I don't, you guys know I don't do that. And so it was like three days later, um, as I was ju just finished praying and I was falling asleep, the Lord said, Jude 1. Jude 1. Gave me a vision of Jude 1. And so I, I opened up my phone. I wrote it down. I knew that he was going to need me to read it the next morning. I had no idea it had to do with the man of glass. I put down Jude 1. I get up the next morning. I read Jude 1. And he says, um, uh, 
basically, I begin to feel that what's happening in Jude, because the entire chapter, it's one chapter, it is the end times playing out. It is what we are to do, not to do, what we will see, and what we shouldn't complain about, and then how we're supposed to actually act. It's all, it's all end times. It's what we're in right now. And I was like, okay, but I need to get a little more info. Like, is there something out there about the man of glass? Woo, you guys, I am so hot. I am sweaty all over. Um, I hope you can feel the anointing of the Holy Spirit because um, it is all over in this place. Okay. And so I begin to look it up. And um, the only thing I could find in the demonology or anything like that of the man of glass or a demon that had been known to take the form of glass was a demon of lust. And so I said, okay, God. Is the enemy preparing to unleash the demon of lust like never before on the earth to attack people, to trip them up, to, to get them out of their position in Christ, to get them to, to lie, cheat, uh, you know, commit adultery, look at pornography, whatever. I don't know, you know, the demon of lust. And so as I was going through all that, and he had me really read Jude. I went through it like five times. And then he said to me, Woo! The man of glass is the way of Cain, the error of Balaam, and the rebellion of Korah. And I was like, whoa. He said the man of glass is is." All those things wrapped up. The demons connected to those things. And so let me read this quote from uh, Steve Hill. Um, I have the Revival Bible, which was his Bible. He edited. He was the main editor. And then he has quotes all throughout it. And so this is what is said about Jude. And then this is the header. What, um, what to watch for as the world ends. You guys, I hope you're making it this far through the video. It's probably going to be at least over 30 minutes. I'm just telling you because I have to give you this background because we got to fight on our hands and we need to understand what's happening here. Watch to what, um, what to watch for as the world ends, Jude 1. And then some of Steve Hill's comments. Three things the brother um, of Jesus, now his servant, marks as significant signs of the schemers and the schismatics of the end times that we can be watching for when we know we're in the birthing pains of the return of Christ. The way of Cain, the error of Balaam, and the rebellion of Korah. These errors are the true enemies of awakening. An envious falsehood that poses as purity um, and causes doctrinal divisions, a once unholy ambition to have a place among the people of power, something that God has neither granted nor authorized, Spots at love feast, empty clouds without rain, doubly dead and fruitless uprooted trees, and wild waves of the sea foaming up their shame, wandering stars lost in the blackest darkness. None of these describe the true messengers of heaven. Ungodly is the word used again and again to describe these apostates. They were predicted a long time ago by the earliest word of Enoch's prophecy. These are not like God. Watch out for them. 
Do not mimic them. Act like he does, God, with fire and mercy. Build yourselves up in your most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Ghost and keep yourself in the love of God. And, and this is part of the verses. I'm not going to read all of it, all of Jude, but it, this is like Steve Hill's little breakdown that he does. So I'm going to tell you the quickest version I can of what are each of these, okay? So the way of Cain. Let's look up the way of Cain. Characteristics of the way of Cain. First of all, we all pretty much have an idea. He was a murderer, but he murdered because God would not accept his offering. Because his offering was of his own intent. It wasn't what God required of him. But he had previously given other offerings that were accepted. But for whatever reason, with his jealousy and everything else of his brother, he he brought what he wanted to bring. He offered what he wanted to offer. He wasn't fully obedient. He wasn't willing to let go of some things. Get scared, you guys. The way of Cain will destroy you. Those demons will destroy you. The characteristics of the way of Cain refers to an individual who attempts to approach God on his or her own terms rather than on God's terms. So what this means is, if God says, I need you to do this, this, and this, you don't question it. You don't try to do it different. You don't get offended at God because he's requiring a sacrifice of you that you're not willing to give up. You're not ready to give up. You didn't think you were going to have to give it up, so now you've decided it's a loss. This is legit, you guys. The way of Cain is us... Obeying God and living for him how we want. We don't go all the way with him. We don't literally say, Lord, we will. He, Cain would not give up everything if that's what was asked of him. He wouldn't. He came to God and gave him what he thought was good enough and didn't really want to feel like he had to sacrifice everything. And... He, he decided he didn't have to do that. There's no way God would ask him to do that. And so what happens is then, here's some other traits, and these are things that I researched and found. The way of Cain describes any religious system that attempts to earn God's favor by works, rituals, rather than the reliance of God's grace. So there's all kinds of things, you guys. The way of Cain um, uh, is a religious system that appeals to our pride, rather than our desperate condition before God. So what does that look like? What if God told you, I don't even know, I could give you all kinds of examples, but I don't want this video to be an hour, okay? You have to decide what that is. The way of Cain is a part of the man of glass, and the way of Cain needs to be removed from God's people. God's people can't walk in the way of Cain. We can't uh, present our own good works and then tell God he has to accept them. What if he wants you to sacrifice everything? What if what you thought your blessing looked like or how God wanted it to be is not how he wants it to be? Would you be willing to say okay without grumbling and complaining? Because I'm going to move on to that because that's what ends up happening. 
people get caught up in the way of Cain. They get caught up in the error of Balaam. And then they uh, become rebellious like Korah. Then they grumble and complain. They won't fully accept God's will. They're not okay with that. And see, Cain couldn't really give up everything. He really couldn't give a full sacrifice. And that was sin. And then it made him angry because Abel's was accepted. And so then he murdered his brother. You guys, I could go on for days with this, okay? So, now, the error of Balaam. What is the error of Balaam? Um, Balaam was a prophet who started out very anointed, serving God. And this is a good warning for all the prophets out there, um, or those prophetic people. He started out being obedient, releasing the words God was saying. Well, then, as time went on, he began to mix witchcraft and what we might call New Age with God and then to manipulate, to use for his own advantage, to gain notoriety, to have a name, to be noticed. And so that error is going to be found in these end times. The man of glass is preparing to return. And he doesn't just represent lust, although I do believe all, almost all these things somehow come back to lust, the lust of the flesh. So honestly, it encompasses lust, lust, lust for, for fame, um, lust to keep your stuff and not really give up everything to God, which is what Cain did. Um, um, Balaam, who wanted to manipulate and use witch, turned into the, the dark side of using a um, demonic side instead of the Holy Spirit to do his work. And then he be, went from a, a, a known prophet to wanting to be famous, and he ended up being of the devil. And so um, we have to be very careful, prophets, that we don't uh, care so much about what people think that we don't speak the truth. You guys know I will never be guilty of that. Nope, I will not manipulate. I will say it even if you don't want to hear it. You can cuss me out. You can slander me. You can get on the YouTube thing and say whatever you want to say. It's not going to stop me. Because once us as prophetic people know who we are in Christ, we're going to speak for him even if it makes people mad. Even if it makes us have haters. I have lots of them. And I say, bring on the hate. I don't even care. Because I am accountable to God for what I say and what I don't say. And I don't do any of this to please man. Not one iota. And so the, this demon, this error wants to get into the prophetic realm. And it wants to create a system of the prophetic where they're deceived. And they're really working in witchcraft. They're jumping on bandwagons. I'm just being real. They're jumping on bandwagons. They're, they're saying what people want to hear so that they keep getting more followers. And we cannot do that. True prophets can't do that. If we want to keep our legit Holy Ghost anointing and call and mandate, sometimes we're going to have to say things people don't like and they don't want to hear. Um, we have to be true to the Lord first and foremost. Okay, number three. The rebellion of Korah. I told you guys, watch this whole thing. Watch this whole thing. The rebellion of Korah. Korah was the was the, the Korites. I'm probably going to say them right. Korahites or whatever. But they rebelled against Moses. 
Korah rebelled against Moses. Korah was jealous of the fact that Aaron had been chosen high priest to the exclusion of anyone else. Furthermore, his cousin had been chosen as head of a Levite um, head of the Levite family um, to which Korah belonged. Korah felt this position was rightfully his. So because of that, he brought out a full-blown demonic attack against Moses out of jealousy and not getting chosen. He wanted to have the high and mighty position. You guys understand how all these things wrap up and come together as like lust, greed, pride. The Lord says the man of glass is preparing to return. And the man of glass, the, the, the man of glass that is lust is uh, encompasses all this end time stuff in Jude. The way of Cain, the Balaam of error, the error the of Balaam, and the rebellion of Korah. Those are all going to come against God's people to test us to see how true we are. Are we going to speak what he says no matter the backlash? Are we only going to speak things that are encouraging that never sound like there's any kind of discipleship or correction? Are we going to manipulate and start working and dabbling in, in witchcraft? You can't do both, you guys. You can't practice two things it's going to lead to your destruction. You have to completely remove the one and only walk in holiness. Only walk in holy, holiness. Um, the three, these personal grievances led Korah to stage a full-blown rebellion. Man, we've had people in our ministry do that. Because they, they're in, they have the rebellion of Korah. But this is all things the Lord says we need to be warned about. We're going to be seeing these apostates in the end times that are going to encompass this. This is the man of glass. And this is your warning. He's preparing to return. So he's going to hit all these areas. And what does God say? Um, what does Jude say that God says we have to do? To not get caught up in those, the man of glass. Those demons, that lust that's behind it, the pride and the lust that's behind it, and um, not become grumblers and complainers and unwilling to truly follow the call and truly be pure and holy. This is what we have to, have to do. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And on some have compassion, making a distinction, but others save with fear by pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by flesh. Sometimes us prophets or anyone in ministry, you guys, we have to pull people out of the fire and it can be ugly. They don't, some people don't want to accept it, but we can't fall into being the man of glass and walk in those ways Rebellion, error, and the way of Cain. Not willing to really sacrifice everything. Only what we choose. We decide how we're going to obey God. If he's going to ask more of us, we start spazzing out. And we're like, why God? I don't understand. You know, we're supposed to be blessed. So see, right there, you're already ruining it. What if your blessing is in doing it differently than you thought? You're missing out on that. You guys, I could say so much here, I could keep going for hours. 
Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceedingly joy, to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. He will keep us, you guys. Amen. He will keep us. This is the warning. The man of glass is preparing to return. And then the Lord gave me Matthew eleven twenty two 22, because he gave me the dream on February 11, 22. Jesus speaking. But I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day of judgment for Tyree and Sidon than for you. This is the warning. Read Jude several times, you guys. He gave it to me for another word I released through my mentorship. It's a separate thing. But this encompasses the man of glass that it's going to show up to try to put all these three things into the body of Christ. And then through it, God's going to purify. Amen. He's already been doing it. Amen. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just declare that this word will go forth and it will do its work. I lift up every person at the sound of my voice, Lord, that they will recognize when the man of glass is coming against them, that they will begin to rebuke and bind the man of glass and cast him out of their home, out of their mind, out of their heart, out of their thoughts in the name of Jesus Christ. We declare that now over the body of Christ. The man of glass will have no place, no position. And we declare it and we decree it now in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You guys are awesome. I'm going to let you go. Man, 41 minutes. I am not sorry, you guys. You needed all this information. If I was preaching on a Sunday, it would have been an hour. Easy. Easy. And I would have told a lot more funny stories and I would have just cracked you up while I gave you a big spanking and told you what's happening. Here's the thing. The man of glass is preparing to return. This is the warning. Be prayed up. Get him out of your house. The way of Cain, the error of Balaam, and the rebellion of Korah all wrapped up equals lust and pride. That demon is preparing to unleash itself. It was already prophesied by Enoch. And then Jude reset it as a warning to us. Pay attention. The man of glass is preparing to return. Amen. You guys are awesome. I will talk to you later. There's so much going on in the glory, you guys. Amen. Get ready, Michigan. God's going to rock it for you. Amen. Can't wait to see you.